Hello and welcome to In the Weeds with Anne, a podcast about gardens, gardeners, plants and passion. This week I'm talking to Pauline McBride, who together with her husband Paul designed and created the amazing Sussex Prairie Garden at Moreland's Farm near Henfield in Sussex. I'm about to sit down with her and her dog Vigo in front of the wood burner in the Sussex Prairie's tea room and as ever it's good to see that cake is such an integral part of the gardening process. countryside. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. It's really lovely to be with you. It's Pauline McBride. Yes, hello. Pauline. So it's Pauline and Paul, really. I can't, I can't stand alone on this. It's, you know, I, I say, you know, the creation of Sussex Prairies has been a bit of a love story, really. Um, they've, and in fact, there have been two men in my life, but I'll talk more about that later. <laughs> oh, that, just make that's a, a nice note little... about that. Yeah. <laughs> to come back to yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, Paul, you know, I wouldn't have been making Sussex Prairies without Paul. Yeah. Um, We met, actually, in Luxembourg. We were working for the Commonwealth War Graves Commission in France, in the Somme area. Okay. And uh, I was out there, and I was a sort of fixer for the Commonwealth War Graves Commission. My job was to welcome gardeners who were coming out from the UK. Right. uh, Into the the area, and they were... Um, organised in mobile groups and Paul was one of the gardeners who was okay. going to work in a mobile group based in Peron in, in northern France and my job was to find houses for everyone, turn on the television, get their uh, paperwork all sorted and find a nice house for them to live in. Okay. Oh, so, so you that, went out there as a gardener yourself? I was not a gardener, no, far oh, from it. Okay. But... As I say, when I met Paul, probably my life changed forever. <laughs> and uh, as well as the romance, there was the practical uh, love of plants, which he really enthused and instilled in me. So okay. that was how we met, first of all, in France. France, right. Um, but we then went on, um, really, to start to make gardens together. And we ended up in Luxembourg, still in Europe, in the heart of Europe, and uh, we were working for a private family, a Swedish multi-billionaire. Heavens. Who wanted a garden made from scratch. Right. So Paul and I uh, racked up there and started to make a garden from scratch for this family. Right. So by this stage, you were sort of becoming a gardener I then. was becoming a gardener. He was teaching so, you. Yes, Paul oh, okay. was teaching me. And um, I sort of got the bug, you see. It was right. sort of like a passion became a little bit crazy. Passion became an obsession. And became and a Paul job, and, a our, and became our job. Right. Um, and we started to make this garden in... It was probably not far off the size of Sussex Prairies, maybe a bit smaller. So what sort of size are we talking then? Well, our garden here, we reckon it's about eight acres of planting, right. probably, more or less. Okay. So sim- similar size, maybe six, about six acres okay. in Luxembourg, in a beautiful Luxembourg countryside, wonderful old farmhouse. Um, we were working for this crazy media mogul. Right. Um, can we have names? Or can is we that have names? Maybe um, not. Na- no, we can. Um, he's called Jan Stenbeck, oh. and he is probably like the equivalent of 
the Richard Branson of Sweden. Oh, okay. Uh, we didn't even know him. I mean, he just oh. we, it was chance, pure chance that we stumbled upon this job opportunity. Wow. A tiny little advert in the Hang on. He's a media mogul, billionaire, and he's put a tiny little I know, advert out. a tiny little advert in the Horticulture Week magazine. Bizarre. Which we picked up on because we were looking for yeah. a change. Right. And uh, so we headed off to Luxembourg and ended up working for this man. And uh, yeah, as, as you do in a six-acre uh, private garden, as well as all the Ferraris and the oh. uh, uh, Aston Martins and the Rolls Royces, we managed to carve out a, a lifestyle there for us. Yes, uh, we were probably doing a little bit of everything. We were running what was a beautiful old Luxembourg farmhouse as a, his residence, and also organising events, um, having the Bolshoi Bolshoi Ballet. Orchestra come and do events for us, dinners, good grand concerts, um, private dinners. Wow. Well, you'd been kind of doing event management, I guess, in a way, when you were back in the... I'd managed things before, so I started to manage other things. Right. You know, from filling up the fountain in the courtyard with wine to... uh, My goodness. ...running uh, (laughs) all manner... Well, it was this crazy time. He wanted an Indian tent... So I had to get that all the way from Rajasthan to the garden and have it all set up ready for the group <laughs> conference. So it's crazy, crazy things we got up to. Goodness um, me. And what period of time was this? When Just what? about ten, well, ten years in total we were there in oh, Luxembourg. Right. Yeah. Um, so what dates are we talking around? We went out there in 98. Yeah. And must have come... 98? Yeah, for ten years, so... 2008, because in 2008 we planted Sussex prairies. Right. So, but that was while we were still living in France, yeah. uh, living in Luxembourg. Yeah. Paul was uh, working here for three weeks, one week in Luxembourg. I was three weeks in Luxembourg, one week here. So we had a crazy time when we were actually getting to grips with our Coming own back here. beautiful project right. here. We'll, we'll come on to that in yes. just a little bit. Yeah. But just, I mean, this period in in Luxembourg does sound absolutely, I don't know, kind of special and very unusual. Yes, and it was unusual to... because that's where the second man in my life comes into oh, the story, which on. I yeah. promised you earlier. <laughs> because during the course of that time in Luxembourg, the most extraordinary stroke of luck happened in our life. Okay. Um, Jan Stenbeck, the owner of the property, read an article in the Sunday Times magazine about a certain Dutch landscape designer called Pete Aldolf, very famous in the gardening world, which yeah. we, who many people probably uh, will have heard of through the High Line, which runs through the centre of Manhattan. He's done other gardens, actually, in the UK, right. um, which many people will know about. Um, Scampston up in Yorkshire. Well, two borders at Wisley Gardens. Yes. Um, the beautiful new garden down at Hauser and Wirth Gallery down in Bruton, Somerset. Somerset yeah. Um, Burry Court, not very far from here on the Hampshire Sussex border. Very cool. Burry Court, wonderful I don't garden. Know that one. Okay. Yeah. So um, anyway, so, so he's, Pete he's already established that this man. He, he was um, at the time when this article came out. He just won gold at Chelsea. Okay. And I think he just literally just done the Chelsea bought the two borders down to the glass house. So he was quite very famous in the world? He was famous in it. World. Yes, he was. And so his style then was... His, this style was the naturalistic style or the okay. prairie style, whatever. Right. Um, and that was really his thing. He and that's his thing. He was one of the forefathers, really, of that style. Okay. 
and this new, what they call the new perennial movement right. com coming a lot from Germany. Oh. And uh, anyway, so Pete Aldolf, uh yeah, he read the, art the article was in the newspaper. Mm. Uh, the owner of the property read about it, read about him and got inspired. Meanwhile, Paul and I, we'd had all his books for years. Oh, you know, he'd been like our guru, if you like. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, he's, the, the owner said, let's, let's get him into the Luxembourg garden. He can design a big border within the garden that Paul and I were working in. Goodness, what a boss to have. He's and just... Paul and I got the chance to work with Pete for two years. And he's so, the second man. And he's the second <laughs> man in my life. They all begin with P. They all begin with P, <laughs> yes. So uh, that was very, very fortuitous and yeah. incredibly inspirational yes. for Paul and I. It was a chance of a lifetime, yes. you know, to have your very own Michelangelo at and your fingertips. How many private gardens would someone like Pete Udolf come and... Not, not very many. I mean, he wasn't... With. Actually, he wasn't that expensive, as garden designers go, at the time. Yeah, I think he's probably put his prices up in the meantime. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, yeah. yes, obviously, it's a significant yeah. project. Yes. And it was really... A super time for Paul and I. We learned so much, and he was such a uh, inspirational person to be working really, with. Really, yes. Very giving of his time and knowledge with us. How and wonderful we to an incredible be generous amount. like that. Because, yeah, some, because you might not get. You tend to find it with gardeners. Yes. I find when I talk yeah, to gardeners, exactly. they are very. I don't know. They're good communicators. They want and very they want to educate their, too. Their but that is lovely, isn't so it? Someone of that level that, of expertise. Yeah, that was fabulous. Yeah. and really, it was. It probably was a big turning point in our lives. Yes, um, because it sort of got us thinking. We we'd always wanted to do something, make a garden, because we were designing gardens for other people while we were there. Oh, were you? So, right, yeah. can, can, can I, so the, the garden that you were making there, because Paul was the trained horticulturalist. Yes, exactly. Um, Thank what goodness. Kind of, <laughs> what kind of garden was were what they were you doing. doing there We were doing him. a naturalistic was... style garden. Oh, when you went? Yeah, when we were there, because we were always had this interest oh. in that style. Because um, that was going on at the time that, presumably the time that Paul was training, naturalistic style was Well, it was very in. early days, yes. you know, and it was... Yes, 80s, 90s, something. Sort of starting to get more fashionable, yes. but it was uh, the early days, really. So he was interested in Paul, so I mean, Paul now. Was Paul was very interested in, it, in yeah, that. Yeah, and also, but uh -huh. we were also um, making a big cutting garden. We did a lot of cut flowers for the house and yes. for the, all the events that we were oh, running. Yes. Uh, we had a big seasonal garden as well, spring, autumn, summer, winter garden there. Wow. So it was, it was a very big project. Yes, uh, well, that's and, size uh, garden. I mean, yeah, to, How on earth did you do all of that? Did you just have, have gardeners? To, we had some gardeners oh, working with us. Yeah, so thank goodness. <laughs> we had lots of help. Right. And, uh, yeah, it was a really, yeah, great time, very good time for us and but it got Paul and I having the chance to think really quite clearly about what we wanted to do here and obviously we were designing gardens for other people trying out our ideas yeah to a certain extent in other people's gardens which so is always useful the design for other people were other people in Luxembourg in Luxembourg Luxembourg and France we were making we did um redesign the British Embassy residence garden while we were there right so that was a very nice project yes. that we got involved with yes. and uh, yeah, so it was all the while we were learning yeah. and trying out our ideas, but in readiness for the uh, final project, which would be final, back to I England. say, 
I don't know. Maybe it's not our final no, project. No, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Anyway, a, our project here. To come back here. Yeah, okay. to come back so, here. So, just to hold you once, still once yes. again in Luxembourg, um, you're, um, you're learning from Pete Udolf, you're developing your perennial uh, naturalistic style, and the same thing when you're designing, were people happy to go with that yeah. way when you were designing yes, because they, people? They, they knew that's what... They knew that that was the sort of thing we were now specialising right. in and becoming, hopefully... Yeah. Masters Experts. and mistresses of yeah. Um, so and what can you just say before we go any yes. further? Because obviously we've not got visuals. No. Could you just sort of explain a bit about what this is? This what prairie is style and naturalistic style. Yeah. I mean, obviously you get an idea of something natural, something that blends yes. into nature. But can you be a bit more um, yeah, descriptive I think, than I, th I can? No, I think I think. Uh, there are several ways of describing it, really, yeah. and I sort of try and explain it as it feels a very wild type of garden in many ways. Okay. Um, but it's highly sort of designed and developed because we're using plants that look very much like their wild cousins, but which have been picked for their special characteristics. And it could be because we're looking at the flowers, the mm. stem shape, the yep. leaf shape, in quite quite a lot of detail. The textural makeup of how we put it all together yeah. has to have a very wild loose feel about it yeah um our site here is very very wide open flat totally flat yeah. but we were going to use plants to make a very textural uh, landscape yeah height structure seed heads of course yeah uh, we were picking plants that have um a very useful way of working first of all they have interest from their buds their seed heads their flowers that's my dog now <laughs> come in come and join never, us never <laughs> act with dogs yeah so we're, we're using plants we're using textures to make up a a sort of living landscape yes v very loose feeling we didn't want to have that very formal stiff structure we wanted it to have a freedom we wanted the freedom of our prairie so we try and capture that spirit of a pioneer garden yeah that, i mean when you talk about prairies i automatically think about american prairies yes, you think about big grass swathes yeah endless views and vistas and so we've tried to set up a few of those here yeah um but the whole thing about the plants is that they have to have a life uh, beyond just the flowering. Yeah. They have to have a structure, retain an interest right through into the late season. Yes. And they do that through, firstly, their height maybe, but also their seed heads and the structure that you get later in the winter from yeah. the beautiful frost captured on seed heads. Yeah. Um, the late, later colours as well. You know, so many of the plants have a wonderful flower early on in the season then they have the leaf and then later on they have the changing color mm. into autumn mm. so fading we're looking and, um, yeah fading and looking uh, glorious yes in the later light and the later shadows of the of the days um so it's all about building up um groups and relationships we we look for uh partnerships which work well yeah. uh groups of plants that look like a it's a bit like a dating agency. That's how I see it. You know, plants have to look good together. Yes. You know, otherwise, yes. Uh, what's it all about? Yes. So I, I want to say it's there's a freedom to our planting, and I think that's what people engage with, that very loose sort of structure yes. and wonderful 
open feel to the garden. So it's it sort of contrasts with what you might think of as a more traditional, the kind of gardens that were being done prior to this yes. were more traditional, perhaps well, beginning to be more adventurous in their planting. Yes, people like um, people were wanting rooms, weren't they? They wanted yeah. to have a sort of mimic what was in the house out into the garden. Yes. Well, we wanted to break through all that and try and open that all up a lot more. Right. And... Um, make it much more accessible to people yeah. and we've we've done made a conscious decision in our garden that we have pathways leading you right into the borders so you yeah. can get right up close and personal with plants touch them smell them run your fingers through them yeah and actually have get some enveloped sort of, by them actually exactly. i guess as the season, as the season goes go, on goes yeah. on and the height comes up yeah you know people get absolutely swamped yes. inside and yeah that's that's a mystery and that's a beauty, yes, yes. which I think is uh, this essential to our type of garden yeah. gardening. And, and, and as you're talking, I'm thinking, gosh, that does contrast quite a lot with what you think of as a more traditional garden, which was like you can look but don't touch. Yes, you know, exactly. you can don't smell it but don't grass. walk. Yeah, don't yeah. go in. Don't. Yeah. And especially, I was thinking, kids must absolutely love it. To yes, be they do. Tearing they really... through the exactly. borders on yeah. the little pathways. Yeah, we we made a conscious decision. We're not having any sort of um, play area or play equipment. The no. garden itself stands as a play thing in a way because it's like a maze. One, and when you're a small person. You get totally immersed inside the plants. That's a wondrous thing, you know. Yes. So, Except you've got yeah. parents sort of queuing up inside saying, we've lost the children again. Well, you certainly can't see them. <laughs> That's the problem at the minute. We can't start to not be able to see Vigo, our dog, the going dog, out yeah. there. And oh. he's up to all manner of tricks and um, <laughs> diggings, random diggings, which is is not not preferred. <laughs> but as Vigo, the plants get high, you just, can't, fair, see, you just can't see him. You just can't see him. Vigo thinks but, it's a yes. very good thing. Very happy. Yeah. So that's sort of that, that, okay, that's what I would you. say is yeah. the sort of essence of naturalistic yeah. planting in that's, our world. Yeah. Anyway. And of course, on your website, which we'll put details on at the end. Uh, you've got some fantastic pictures of the garden through the seasons. Yes. Uh, well, I say through the seasons. I've got one big gripe about your garden, <laughs> and that is, you know what I'm going to say, you only I, open on the 1st of I June. I know, I know. And people are weeping outside saying, please let us in. <laughs> I know, so, I know. We have to have patience. Yes. Our garden's all about summer and autumn. Yes. Spring, I couldn't give a damn about spring. Interesting, yeah. Uh, but summer and autumn is our time for this type of garden. Right. Um, and actually, that's really interesting because a lot of people think come September oh that's it the garden's all finished yes. but actually with this style of planting because of the use of the big grasses we've got over goodness knows how many uh, ornamental grasses the later flowering perennials like the asters all those come to a spectacular uh, shape and flowering in the later season so to yes. come to our garden in September October is the most wondrous thing. Yes, that's so, when it's really at a climax, so I guess. Four so. and a half months of complete <laughs> immersion. passion, immersion, <laughs> and everything happens in those four yeah. and a half months. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And spring isn't of interest then. You're not. Spring. Well, spring, as you can see from today, through walking here. Things are getting going. Yes. It's the time for the garden to actually start growing. Yeah. And, you know, if someone turned up today, they probably wouldn't be too impressed with what we've got on the show so far. Yes. Um, so prairie planting, all about 
summer and autumn. Summer, autumn, okay. So we have to be patient. patient. Calm down. Calm I know. down. Right. We have yeah. uh, a lot of work to do in the spring. You know, we're making all the plants that we're going to be selling. Yeah. We're getting all our art projects ready. Yeah. We've got a couple of things on the go. So yeah. we need a bit of time, time to yeah, time prepare all that. And Great. The, Plants need time, you know. Yes, we have yes, to be, it's, it's not we, an instant do, is it? No, no it's instant it's garden. It's all about time. time and patience. Yeah. And expertise. A um, little bit of that, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a bit. Um, so we've got, we're back in Luxembourg again yes. now. And P2 Dolph has been involved since... What, what period did he start he, getting involved he then? How ju- long he just your... um, was there in that garden for two years. We yeah. were working with him for two years. And then... Transformed the garden? Where he made a big border within that garden, which um, Paul and I then started to look after. And um, all the while, of course, we were able, which was great, because he had a fabulous nursery in Holland at his house. So we used to go up there every year. And we were starting to amass plants, which we were going to use for our garden here. Now, what point did you decide, actually, this is great where we are, but... We could do more than just, you well, know, look think, for the next stage. And how is it that you were able to come back to England? Let's Can we talk about yes, the place in yeah. England as well? Well, Mum and Dad lived on this beautiful little farm. I was born here, Moorlands oh. Farm. So I was born here, grew up here, okay. and had always loved it. But, of course, yeah. when you're 18, you can't wait to get away to the clubs. No, time to... I wanted yeah. to get to London. I wanted to do all those things. Yes. Not so you were born... Here, here in yeah, Sussex yeah. and grew up here. Yeah, grew up here right. on this farm. So I always knew that we had this beautiful farm And here. how big is the farm here It's altogether? 32 acres in total. Oh, gosh. Um, so Paul and I actually bought the land from my mum and dad okay. with a view to, while we were in Luxembourg, yeah. um, earning the money to do so, Yeah. Um, and uh, with a view to creating this garden. Back, yes. So we had, that, uh, the, had, had the area ready, but we had to obviously do... A lot Make of preparation and the, the preparation. Six acres. Draw is up a, the design, yeah. which we were doing actually in no, sort of, eight acres, isn't it? Here, yeah, Sorry. eight acres yeah. of planting for right. the gar- actual garden space. Yeah, um, but uh, we started to draw up the plans in 2007 in the winter time. Big bits of paper on the kitchen table, drawing up the detailed plans of how the borders. Uh, would be planted. Mm. Um, we drew out the borders onto, onto the land uh, in 2007 because we were planting the hedges, which the hornbeam hedges that run down the central avenue of the garden, we planted them up in that winter. Mm. And uh, drawing out the actual spiral, because it's a big spiral shape, the garden, uh, people don't actually realise that, mm. uh, but they will do hopefully soon as my next project comes <gasps> Oh, no. More tantalising little... Nugget, a that. nugget. Yeah. Right, we'll, we'll put that one to the we'll back. Put, we'll put that is in. there a third man, by the way? No, there's oh, no shame. third man. <laughs> well, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. Anyone here beginning with <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay. So, uh, yeah, we drew out the plan. And now, is that a joint project? Do you yes. always work together yes. on the design? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So um, we tried to take a bed each to... Otherwise, working completely together, we'd just get into a whole lot of arguments. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we were taking a border each, designing it deciding what plants we were going to use, planning what plants, how we were going to get the plants, because that was, uh, once we'd drawn out the plans, we realised we needed 30,000 plants <gasps> to Crikey. plant the whole garden. So that was no mean uh, calculation. So uh, having drawn it out with string and sticks, because to get the spiral, actually, we had to go back to all our mathematics that we'd forgotten from school. Right. You know, arcs and... Uh, circles and things um, yeah. so it was a lot of shouting lots of shouting 
string and sticks to get the design on the ground. Um, yes. Actually, that's amazing because if you look at it from Google Earth just now, you can actually see it's worked out pretty pretty well, despite all the uh, shenanigans about getting it drawn out onto the ground. It's Quite actually hard to really, do that, you yeah. know, when you're actually. I know when you're on down it. there. So anyway, so that worked out quite well. So yeah. we'd got uh, an idea. Had found out how many plants we needed. Yes. And that was the next stage in the Phew, project. Dear. How to get to those plants yes um, when you're not working in the country when we're not working in the no. country and presumably so, the farm was still here working as a farm yes exactly right run so, by your parents yes, yes. mum and dad yes. were here um and uh, then yeah. we started to think let's work out how to get the plants <laughs> so it was really a question of knuckling down and actually making the plants from scratch by division Yes. We had our plants in Luxembourg. We'd got a big nursery there that we'd created. We'd got plants lined out in rows, multiplying all the while. Because we were thinking about how to do it, you see. Yes. Started to sow things from seed, take cuttings, make divisions. We were doing that in Luxembourg every night. During After the week. a full day's work. After a full day's work, getting stuff. that already. Every oh, Friday night, we'd pack up our horse box My with word. about 3,000 plants at a time and drive from Luxembourg over to here. Did customs ever check you? As they, you're did, they did check. They asked... Uh, say they opened the box one. and expecting a horse. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> no, they asked... Uh, they asked, uh, are there any grasses... You know, we said, what, what, what... They asked what we're bringing. So we said, oh, grasses, plants. Said, any grasses that would be of interest to a customs officer? So we said, no. Uh, so, no. <laughs> but, but we had a plant passport. We had this piece of paper, yeah. uh, which had taken... Ages to get hold of. We'd gone through all the rigmarole of applying for it. Mm. Uh, had this piece of paper and no one ever asked to see it once. I can't believe it. Anyway. Wait, wait for Brexit, Pauline. Oh, and then I, you'll be very glad you've got that Don't even talk to no, me about no, that. We'll stop. We're not, we're not going <laughs> we can't there. Go we're there. not going there. No, today. so we, did, we were bringing plants every week. <laughs> Twelve trips. We'd got, well, we'd got about 36,000 plants Good back grief. here. Um, my mum, she was here, she was taking delivery of bits of plants in the post because we'd put the word out, you see. We were yes. trying to get all these plants uh, from all the contacts that we could possibly imagine. Yes. Uh, mum was potting them up and uh, watering them, helping us water everything. Oh, gosh. But we knew we needed some help. Yes. And uh, I thought, what's the best way to get a whole load of people to help? Well, it's, to usually send... it's usually cake. Well, cake, it was a bit more than cake this cake time. Cake plus. Cake plus. Uh, it was a bit more, it's like Norway plus, isn't it? Yeah. Um, no, don't. don't. <laughs> no. Uh, it was all about uh, sending a Christmas card out, actually, to all our friends and family. Um, and then you know, I said, come to the big plant. We're having a party in May 2008. Party. A part, the yeah. word party was yeah, the lure. The lure that would bring people. I knew that. <laughs> you know, we normally give a good party, so uh, people had that in mind. Yes. But they hadn't reckoned on yeah, the, other the side. hard graft <laughs> that would be expected. Yeah. So May. May was picked because it was good with bank holidays and things, so we knew we could get, get a fair few people. Yeah. And um, about 60 people turned up in tents, in caravans, all the bed and breakfasts around about... Six zero. Six zero. Golly. So I had my workforce and um, I had to keep them here. Whatever the cost might be, (laughs) I had to keep them here on site. 
Um, so we were providing breakfast, lunches, dinners, all in this little tea shop. We yeah, were. this is where we're sitting at the this moment, in your tea the, shop, which yeah. is such a great room, isn't it? This it looks down hub. over the garden. It, yeah, hub for everything. You know, oh. two of our friends were very good cooks, so they were extract. We'd been cooking for months, so the freezers were full. Uh, we'd also managed to bring over a few um, consignments of party essentials in the horse box when we were coming every time. Right. So we had all the wherewithal to entertain everyone because we yes. had to give them a good party every night. Every they, night? Oh, my Every word. night. I mean, I don't know how I survived. No. It was an incredible time. The energy must yeah, have been It was on phenomenal. high level. Yeah. High level. Exciting, though, because you were actually implementing all the ideas and plans. Exactly. All the plans that we'd thought yeah. of and plans been and thinking. Uh, and... You know, people were not gardeners. Let's be frank, they were not oh. gardeners. We had to train people to how to plant plants. Yeah. Um, we were in a heat wave situation at one point. It was uh, 2008, um, May time, was, went into big heat wave. So there's people with sunstroke, needing oh, sun cream, sun <laughs> oh, hats. I was chewing and frying, getting ice creams. Yeah. So it was a real, yeah. real party. And yes. Two and a half weeks later, those borders, prairie borders, were planted. My so goodness. Absolutely incredible yes. uh, achievement. And, I mean, it's all thanks to those amazing people who helped yeah. us to make it. How it's wonderful. Uh, yeah, an incredible thing. But it's a lovely thing for them too, I guess. Yeah, they I mean, must people say they had, the, they'd had the most happened. You know, wonderful time. Yeah, great memories. Uh, great memories and certainly nothing anyone had ever been involved in before. No, big headaches too, I should imagine, for yeah. parties every night. Yeah, and sore backs, <laughs> sore fingers. Yes. But, uh, yeah, an incredible time. But it's, you know, it's what makes this garden super special for Paul yes. and I. Yes. Because all those people were involved in making it. And uh, and still come and help us. You know, you've seen of who course. we've got today. Yeah, this morning this we met group. some people coming in. The, yeah, uh, the volunteers, the students now who are involved with the project. Yeah. So it's an incredible... Very special. ...place. Yeah. And, but it's the people who've done it with us yeah. who make it incredible, you yeah. know. Yeah. So what an amazing journey. So it's beginning now. Back This is 2008. Yes. The garden's planted. Yes. And you've left, you've left Luxembourg yes, we by left, this, of left course. Yeah. Luxembourg. Well, 2009, we opened for the first time. Right. So it was literally a year after planting, we started to open. Goodness. It was in the beginning, it was sort of on a very low key. Right. Uh, and uh, I don't, we didn't even have a ticket office. I think we just had a little honesty box. Wow. So it was all very low key. I was also, we also um, had uh, uh, knocked down the old farmhouse and built a new house. <laughs> And uh, we're running a bed and breakfast. So partly I was running a bed and breakfast, yeah. welcoming coach parties with cooking fried eggs and uh, bacon. And uh, so it was all started off uh, on that level. You know, we were running a bed and breakfast because we needed to wait for the garden to become to start, yeah. successful. And is the farm still going at this time? The then? farm's still going. Yeah, we have um, rare breed Shetland sheep. We've got 14 rare breed Shetland sheep. Uh, we've got that, This is now we're talking now, about. And oh, then, right. okay. then, and then we, had, well. okay. we had sheep then. And we have pigs that come every summer. They're, they're a sort of, they were, they're a fleeting thing, the pigs. Mm. Um, but we're still managing the farm. There was hay cut every year and uh yeah it's it's still all running as a farm and wow. still will be yeah um, so but sorry, the garden the, became the main focus for our of business of course of course yeah. for you two yeah uh, and i guess for your parents too yeah. eventually but the 
So the farm, was that an arable farm? No, it was, when Mix. mum and dad were running, it was beef cattle. Ah, oh, okay. So beef cattle and hay, making hay in the summer. Right. So we still make hay in the summer. Uh, no beef cattle, thankfully. They're no. rather boisterous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, so the garden took over as the and main, that's become the main business. Yeah, that's what us. I call diversification, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So, and you didn't want to go into farming then? That wasn't... No, really, you were talking no. about you wanted to escape and go no, to London. I wanted to, to London. escape. I wanted to go yeah. and party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do all the things and yeah. travel travel the world, yeah. do all those things yes. that, you know, young people should do. want to do. Fantastic. My goodness. So, okay, so, so now we're back in... it's been a whirlwind journey. It has a bit. So, t- you know, 11 years down the line... Well, 10 years. Actually, 2019 we opened for the first time. This year, Ten 2019. Yes. 10 years since the wow. garden opened. Yeah. And Amazing. in the meantime, all manner of things have happened. We can come back to yeah. the all manner of things. Yeah. Because I'd just like to stop you there and ask you... We're talking about prairie gardens. Yes. Now, what would your top... Three, this is an awful question for someone like you. Top yeah. three or four gra- grasses, grasses that, yeah. that you use here that you would think people could use in their own gardens as well? Mm. Um, because we don't all have eight no, acres you of don't plants. don't have eight <laughs> acres, but I think there's a misconception that a small garden can't take a big grass. Right. So I am going to suggest a very big grass, which can go into a garden. And the reason why it can go into a garden, Melinia Transparent, is the fact that it's very light and airy and it does as its name says on the tin it is transparent okay but it has a wonderful height and uh, a very light feel about it right but beautiful flowers later in the season of course which is what is interesting because those flowers will be bird food for the winter Right. So it's a, and also will look spectacular with frost and dew on it too so millennia transparent very big grass it's going to be Probably as high as 2.5, 3 metres tall. Goodness. So it's a big grass. It is, yeah. But small gardens can take these type of grasses that okay. have the light airiness about them. Right. Um, another grass, which is a really interesting grass, because it has a scent, and not oh. many grasses have scent. scent. So this one is Sporobolus heterolepis. It's a bit of a mouthful, <coughs> Sporobolus heterolepis, <laughs> but oh, it yeah. has an amazing fragrance of chopped coriander I would say in a warm summer wind Crumps, you can smell really? this grass coriander. it's not that bi- it's not that big I would say what okay. 50 60 centimeters tall okay so it can fit into a smallish garden yes but the scent is amazing oh um, my gosh and I, would you have to plant in I mean, you well, don't really want one do you you don't You're want one I always say I'm always big on groups I'm yes. big on groups um, but three of them would probably make a nice little group yeah. in the garden and have that extra uh, wonderful scent. Right. Oh, thank you for that. We'll so uh, make a note about, of that so and make nice. sure that gets on um, the. Uh, any other? Should it, look, you yeah, asked me for one. three. Three or four, yeah. I mean, I don't three want to be too. Yes. Um, well, there's always uh, Cesleria grasses. Now, Cesleria autumnalis. It's going to flower in the autumn, so it's a later flowering grass. Um, and it has this vibrancy, this lime green colour. Yeah. Which means it looks great against other plants. Okay. And it's just a wonderful plant. Not many people know about it, but no. it's a very nice grass. Cesleria okay. autumnalis. Okay. There's lots of Cesleria's and there's there's other ones as well, blue blue coloured ones as well. But that autumnalis one I think is a great you grass. That. Yeah. Has that vibrancy about it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much indeed. That's fantastic. Okay. Um right, so we are back now. 
we're in England, the garden is planted. Yeah. Is it very much as it is now? I mean, has it developed... Size-wise, it is pretty much the same as it was right in the beginning because we planted the whole thing as a one-er. Right. Um, the cutting garden, in the meantime, we have designed that an, a second time since we planted the garden, so that's had a revamp. And that's separate? Yes, it's behind our Dutch barn. Okay. And uh, that garden is special because we it's called the cutting garden. We actually do cut flowers from it. Right. It's got a wonderful dahlia collection we have in oh, there. Lovely. And also we use it for annuals as well. Right. So it has a bit of a different flavour yes. to the main prairie borders. Yes. But still has also um, our collection of new plants because we're always looking for new plants aren't we all (laughs) any opportunity i can't believe our really i mean yes most of us of course any (laughs) opportunity we're looking for new plants so we try trial out some of our new varieties in the cutting garden okay um i've got a great tip um for a romantic weekend away i'm just making note of this hang on (laughs) yeah it's um there's an amazing plant fair every year in a place called beerveld in Belgium. Beerveld. Beerveld. Beer as in the drink, Veld. Um, Twice a year, May and October, this plant fair happens. And it's in the grounds of a chateau. But the handiness of it is it's right, it's about 20, 30 minutes from the town of Ghent. Lovely, yes. Ghent. So the romance begins. You go for the romantic weekend in Ghent. Beautiful food, wonderful architecture, lovely place to stay. Mm. The next day you can go to the plant fair and you could spend all day. You could spend two, three days. I think it's on for four days, maybe, the plant fair. Uh, And over 200 different nurseries, specialist plant nurseries from all over Europe, Belgium, France, Holland, Germany, all a mass in this wonderful gardens. Mm. And uh, it's the most incredible chance to buy new and interesting plants yes so it's like being in a super big sweet shop for us we just i can love imagine going. yes so i bet you never year. miss it do you <laughs> we never miss it May you go time twice, there. You no go twice we don't no, no you're too busy later no, on because the garden is of open course, yeah. in october but may is a possibility for us to go lovely so really and great. you're still discovering new plants exactly to pick up there, then. exactly They're so every every you know plants that don't survive in our garden that's an opportunity for a new new one to come into its place. Right. But okay. also new varieties of plants are always interesting to us. Yes. Um, so we're always on the lookout for new things. Yes, yeah. And I think that's what uh, you need to have for a dynamic and constantly improving garden. Yes. You know, to bring in new blood, yeah. try out new varieties and try and introduce people to our new varieties as well. That's important to us. Absolutely. We want to try and because they'll see them growing keep here. Keep vibrant. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're growing here. And then you do have your nursery. Exactly. Where you, and that was all, you're growing always... for you and also to sell to the public, exactly. aren't you? And that was always something we wanted to do, have the plants growing in the garden that we actually uh, sell here. So people see something and they can buy it. Right. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. I mean, that's like a sweet shop actually out there. Never mind. Anything. I'm just quite <laughs> no, happy to be in a sweet shop out the back there. Should always be it's trying wonderful. to find new things. Yeah. Um, can you just then talk about? So the garden over the years has developed, established. You're looking for new plants and bringing them in, doing your nursery, getting ready. Could you just take us through the year 
for you know how the year works because obviously you're shut you're you're sitting in armchairs doing nothing exactly the, win from the winter late time october is, through uh, to the end of may you do time. nothing at all lazy clearly time. no so in, uh, where should, which part where of the year is a good point to start? start what about now let's now see. so spring, april springtime yeah uh, we have uh, shaken off those winter blues. We've been done our bit of travelling to re-energise ourselves. Coming back to the travelling. And get inspired. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, April time sees the students arrive, the first students arrive who come and do placements with us. Right. Um, so, but before then, of course, we've been doing a lot of work propagating plants because... Uh, Winter time, when the plants are dormant, is the perfect time to start making new plants. Yeah. So we're literally out in the garden, dig up plants, split them up, mm. make lots of new plants. And they would be the plants that we um, sell. Mm -hmm. And also for garden design jobs, we're still designing gardens for other people. <laughs> Uh, so that's me. how you see our winter is Do not you quite ever so sleep? quite. <laughs> not very much, not very much. In the winter times, our time for making uh, gardens for other people. Not right. too many, but certainly one or two big projects we try and do every year. Right. Uh, so we're working very excitingly on a wonderful new garden in uh, uh, Germany, northern Germany, oh. Rügen Island. Wow. In the northernmost part of Germany at the moment. So that will be a whole new prairie spreading its wings out yes. to Germany. Yes. Um, so You're so we're disseminating doing your your stuff now. Exactly. Aren't you? Out in the world. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh, yeah. So we're doing that. So we're making plants. We're sowing seeds. Yeah. Uh, we are starting to take cuttings. We hopefully the weather will warm up a bit and we can get our mist unit working to take cuttings okay. um, and we start to actually start to look after the garden. We've had a big building project here this year so we've had to repair a lot of um, damage in the cutting garden already uh -huh. um, but yes it's literally starting to work on the garden, starting to do the weeding, that never stops yeah. and any um, projects that we need to do for replanting uh, the garden. We've just, we actually this winter tore out a whole bed Right. And we're renewing the whole bed. That needs in, doing every every well, we've so often. We've started I to to sort of set up a series of looking at the beds yeah. and renewing them over time. Some yeah. of the beds are too big to do all at once, but uh, we've certainly got our one of our mounds is going to be replanted, totally replanted this right. year. So again, bringing in the new plants, plants that hopefully we'll get at the plant fair yes. in Ghent. And, uh, do you yeah. sell over there? You take the plants yourself? No, to no, no, we just, just go to just go to enjoy buy, and buy, buy yeah. plants and meet up with all our contacts. Of course, yeah. And um, revel in the fact that we're in Europe. Um, <laughs> Hang, we're going to start now. talking about hard borders in a minute. Are we? <laughs> Getting out and digging those hard borders. No, okay, enough. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> um, so that's what we're doing. So April, May is the time, you know, we're getting ready for opening, which we open on the 1st of June. Yes. So it's a big process of getting si all the all the little practical things like the signage all done, yeah. um, toilets repainted, tidying up, getting yeah. ready for the new season. Yeah. We're also... This is a time when um, we, I get involved in the two, well, art pro whatever art projects we're doing for the garden. Because this is another aspect of what you do here. Yes. You, you have a huge programme of events, yes. workshops. Exactly, yes. Um, a calendar of entertainment as well. Exactly, yes. So the workshops also. are really important. They're yeah. an important part of uh, life here is trying to encourage creative work and inventiveness. And we always do a big, tends to be a textile uh, artwork for the garden so I'm working on that that's another thing I do in the winter 
work on that. Uh, and, uh, and I've got lots of people who are volunteers who love textiles, so they come and help make things right. for that right. and get involved with making. Yes. Um, one of our volunteers, she's paint, I must show you, she's painting some lovely panels for our ticket office. Oh. Just artworks to go on the ticket office. Oh, uh, they did a big mural last year. Yeah. We've got a mini Dutch barn being made at the moment for our elephant project. So, yeah, lots of arty things go on during the winter in readiness for the opening. Yeah. Once we're open, of course, it's full on. Yes, you know, it's, yes. Uh, Just check the calendar out on the website. It's amazing, isn't it? Because it varies from, I know you've got painting, drawing, f photography, I believe, yeah, writing classes. Things. Yes, we've got herbs, poetry. healing herbs. This yeah. year's a new one. Yeah. We've got rag rug making, all manner of things. Ah, okay. So um, a big... Um, program of events and yeah. workshops and that happens in a work you've got so you've got your big tea room area yeah, which and is the garden room here which is uh, big uh, tables loads of space for people to get get down and dirty with paints and textiles yeah. and all sorts yeah um we've got then the events that we run as well we've got two plant fairs now that we run here every year one early june one late um late autumn okay so we've got that going on we've got a big craft fair actually slap bang in the middle of the summer we've got our indian summer bazaar wow. happens in august every year and that's I, a great event i think that was inspired because again this traveling that you're doing yeah you like them this business about finding plants yes i think that's integral to the yes. travel that you do <laughs> but we'll, we'll come back once yes. you, so yes. you've got your indian bazaar indian okay. summer bazaar and um, we've got some amazing friends who uh, ethically import um, clothing, jewellery, bedspreads, tablecloths, scarves, you name it, they yeah. bring it yeah. uh, from India and Nepal. And they come and exhibit in our garden for 10 days. Right. Massive marquees, fabulous craft tent for kids to come and do block printing and collage. And we have curries for lunch every day which we're booking what, it in now what's coming not to like <laughs> so that's an amazing event and obviously uh, our links and interest in india are very much uh, to the fore with that yes but it's a great time really yeah super super people running it yeah and it's a great fun addition to the garden every year right musical events we do Summer Solstice Jazz Picnic is coming up early on, of oh, course. Right. And uh, then we've got a couple of outdoor theatre groups coming. Yes, and I know bring you've got the Rude Mechanical. Rude Mechanical Theatre yeah. Company come every year. Yeah. Uh, there, end of June, we've got um, Giles Shenton and his uh, Three Men in a Boat this year right. in July. So, okay. Sounds fun. Uh, and I'm just trying to organise a food event for September time. You're not busy enough, you see. No, That's I just, the thing. I've, I've just got, got, got to this, get my yeah, act together. One spare day. I've got to get my act together and get, pull all that together. So, right. Yeah, so a wide range of things. Yeah. Uh, hopefully of interest to one or other people. You know, yes. some, some people like to have something. We've got quite, you know, singing has been a big thing. Um, oh. We've had some Singtastic Sundays oh. throughout the summer as well. So we've got community choirs hopefully Lovely. lined up as Just well. That's great. Yeah, something for everyone really, Yeah, try to. Try yeah. to. Try to mix in uh, whatever flavour I'm into of the, at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so this is all going on through the summer. The yeah. garden's growing, getting yeah. hot. You're losing all your visitors because you can't see them in the, in the grasses, exactly. the perennials and everywhere. And obviously it all comes to an end at some point, which is 
is mid-October. Yeah, and that must be a strange period for you. It that is. one day, you know, hopefully on a glorious October day, blue skies and sun, and it's looking magical. And the next, full of people. Exactly. But we have to draw a line it's on it. It's finished, very yeah. hard. And you must to... be flaked out by then anyway. So. It's very, it has been, you know, when summers are full on, summers yeah. and autumns are full on. But yeah. So come the end of it, I guess there is a bit of relief, but it's a strange time because yes. often the garden continues to look wonderful. Yes. Uh, right through into winter time. Right. But our car parking, we, um, you know, we have to be mindful of our field where the car parking takes place. It's a, it has got matting, special matting on it, but, uh, yeah. you know, once the wet weather comes... Because it's, it's clay here, it's is it? Clay soil, You're on so good old to, Sussex clay. Uh, so we have to uh, decide on a date yes. when, when we close. Yeah. And I guess it's uh, with relief... In mm. some ways that we we close in the winter, but mm. uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's sort of sad because the sudden, as you say, from one minute it can be bustling and everyone here, to the next there's no one here anymore. Mm. So apart from the your the volunteers crew and, and your, our team, yeah. How, yeah. how big is the team that you actually employ here? Then? We have five people work with okay. us on a part-time basis. Oh, part-time. So and but also on a seasonal basis. So we're working obviously full on in the summer, mm. and then it. Um, graduates down to maybe one day or so in the winter mm. so it sort of works works like that and uh, uh, but volunteers come and we have volunteer there's Thursdays and Fridays tend to be our volunteer days yeah so then people come in and join us and yeah. join in with what we're doing yeah lovely so, um, yeah so the garden's closed and then gradually that must be quite special that time it uh, is very because, because you know, as the you know autumn light and the lovely autumn light and you know, fabulous and, and, autumn yeah. days sometimes, yeah. you know. And meanwhile, the garden stands tall. We don't do any cutting down. We just leave it all to fall down naturally. And the happens. seed heads remain. Oh, that lovely. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it is a very special time. I'm always out photographing a million things all the yes. time, yes. Uh, which hopefully gets get seen by people. But it is has a wondrous capacity yeah. for beauty. Yes. And I'm always banging on about um, how wonderful prairie gardens naturalistic planting can be in the winter because it still has fabulous structure and spectacle right i talked about the frost earlier but it is absolutely magic yeah, because magical even rain on the yeah dew rain it just special. they really hold it and it yeah. listens yeah uh, and it's very beautiful yeah. so we actually leave the whole garden standing right the way to through to january January, February time. Gosh. Uh, but you don't that, put it to bed. No. So a lot of people are very into putting their gardens no, to bed. No, and in. I just really cannot stand that expression. <laughs> I just have it. It's just anathema to me. Because there is a... You've got all that wonder left. Yes. And also, actually, um, something which is a really good point, which um, Paul and I were discussing... Um, the fact that all the leaves fall down, mm. they actually do a great job for protecting the crowns of the plants. Because they act like a little insulating blanket. Okay. And if you're so mad on tidying up, clearing stuff away, you're actually then exposing your plants to the wilds of the winter to come. Yes, yeah. So um, there is method in our madness. So we leave it, leave the garden till January, February, but we're waiting for dry times. Right. Because because this is the most dramatic time for our garden. Oh, I feel something exciting (laughs) is going to happen now. (laughs) Because we're actually going to set the whole garden on fire and burn the whole thing down. January, February is the time the winds, the raging winds will drive the flames across the plants, consume all in its wake. Goodness, it sounds so, biblical. It is it's biblical <laughs> and I, my trousers have caught on fire twice. Oh, lovely. Said. So dangerous, very dangerous. Dangerous and biblical. Yeah. 
<laughs> so not not to be uh, yeah lightly taken. No, on. absolutely but, not. Uh, I mean, how did this process come to you as a method of? Um... It was a moment of laziness, sheer laziness on Paul's part that he discovered this burning phenomenon. It was in Luxembourg, uh, the garden there. He got fed up with doing all the chopping and chipping and everything, uh, cutting down. So he was completely lazy. He said, "Well, I'm just going to set this on fire." I was terrified because I thought. The whole garden is going to be destroyed. Absolutely. And I thought we're going to lose our job. Everything will <laughs> yes. fall around our ears. This won't look good on the <laughs> This will not look good. <laughs> but anyway, so he did it anyway. He's like that bull in a china shop, set the whole thing on fire, and it was perfect. Amazing. By the time the, our boss came back from that, he was off in the Bahamas, so it was okay in the, in the wintertime, so he was well away from it. By the time he came back, the garden, of course, was all growing again. So oh, we right, it. so he didn't see it burnt as, didn't see it burnt to the cin- no. as a cinder or whatever. No, he and, didn't. <gasps> so that Goodness. was where we started this whole burning malarkey. Right. And so we've <laughs> carried it on ever since. That's a technical term, is burning it? Burning malarkey. malarkey. <laughs> right, good. But um, it's great because it clears down all that dry material. Yeah. If we were to cut it all by hand, it would take forever. It would take months. Yes, of course. And all that would, yeah. material, where would you put it all? So... Um, for us, it's the perfect solution. Yeah, and then it makes way, of course, for all the new growth to come. And you always, spring. you're always able to find that. It's a we- it, weather window time. which we have to yeah. find, you know. And ja- January, February, notorious often for wet. Yeah. Weather, so we have to find that time window. Yeah. To to do it. Yeah. And, uh, and it catches so we- and sets fire right yeah, the way through the garden exactly oh, goodness me it yeah. must be spectacular it is it's great fun. <laughs> great fun yeah great fun do you put that up on your um, i put lots website? of photos up yeah there's lots of videos snippets about burning and uh, yeah don't try this Some, at home don't try this at no home. okay Many people are appalled by our rash behavior but yeah. it's probably not quite good gardening <laughs> practice anyway oh but well anyway, it works that works for and, us and uh, does it fertilize the garden yeah is it of a course good potash thing? is falling yeah. down and that's yeah. i mean this type of garden doesn't need huge amounts of fertilizer right if you give it too much fertilizer then you get loads of green growth yeah and not as many flowers so okay. we want to have we want to have lots of flowers yes so it doesn't need to be super rich it's okay so you yeah. don't no other stuff. fertilizer you, you just uh, you grow it hard then do yeah. You? yeah 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 and I, yeah because are they largely self-supporting all the yes, flowers and, and many of the them as well stems. you know we try not to use too many plant supports either yeah. mm. they do tend to support themselves within the structure we've got um, the whole garden is um, planted with a mixture of grasses and flowering perennials. About 30% of the garden is grasses. Mm. And they see, those grasses seem to act as a sort of thread throughout the garden to hold it all together. Right. They seem to um, yeah. support each other well. And it's interesting as well because this is quite a windy site as well. So plants are growing up in wind, windy yeah. conditions. Yeah. And I think that helps some, them somehow or other gain a sort of strength okay because they must have so to they take hold, root hold, firmly, yeah they, they hold, keep... hold each other okay. together okay so just another quick stop um and i know we're going on a bit but yes. this is, i just have to ask you a few more things yeah um per, and i need the, to the, tell you about our exciting new project too oh there's too much to talk about <laughs> um so uh what was i going to ask you oh yeah the We've talked about some grasses. Yeah. What about some perennials that you find, let's say, I don't know, about four or five, that you find absolutely invaluable okay. that typify prairie planting and, again, that people might possibly be able to use in their own Yeah, um, well, certainly things like echinacea, it has to be said. Okay. I know people sometimes have a bit of difficulty with echinacea, 
but you need to pick the right variety. Uh -huh. And um, I think we've all been beguiled by these beautiful new varieties that keep coming out, the new echinaceas, all the wonderful colours. Yes. But if you go back to the original echinacea, echinacea, well, we use echinacea purpurea rubin glow, is the one variety that we've found, which is the pinky one, the dark pink one. Yes. Beautiful dark pink stem, totally reliable for us. Oh. Um, so that would be the pink one that I would recommend. Again, a white one. White ones are always really beautiful to have in the garden. Right. Um, we use Echinacea Green Edge, Purpurea Green Edge. Yeah. Um, again, really strong, really hardy. The thing about Echinacea is they need space. Sometimes oh. I think people tend to squeeze them in and they actually like space and air light to grow. Sun? Do they have to be in full sun? Sun, yes, yeah. of course, they love sun. Yeah. So, uh, but they're the two two particular varieties, and it's a prairie plant. You know, it's yes. the plant that you would expect to have in a prairie okay. planting. So, echinacea are definite. Right. Um, other plants that we might want to think about are asters for later on in the season. Mm -hmm. um, beautiful aster that we have got at the moment, which is a lovely one, aster lutetia. A blue, quite quite tall, uh, about what's that? One meter twenty, something like that. Mm. But a wonderful, long flowering aster mm -hmm. with the grasses and amazing combination. A real dream partnership. Right. Um, so asters. Think about asters in your garden. Uh, um, Rudbeckias again, the daisy style plant. Um, bright bright colours, yellow, yeah. bright, yeah. rich, golden colour. Again, long flowering. Okay. Um, so think about those. Um, we use Rebecca Goldsturm as a lovely variety, totally reliable, strong, uh, resilient. Um, another thing which is a lovely plant, a Flomus. Oh, right. For summertime Flomus, yeah. Flomus, that tiered structure, beautiful butter yellow in candelabra style planting uh, flowering uh, but later on you get the wonderful seed head structure remains it's really strong shape okay. and beautiful for late winter time right so think See, about it's, it's that's the important thing isn't it i know you've said it yeah. but for a regular gardener you're just always focused on all oh, the lovely flowers in june or whatever yeah, exactly but well our plants have to work yes much this idea of, of working yeah. For a longer Another period. great plant, uh, which is not much known about, is an Amsonia. Amsonia, beautiful range of plants. Oh. Um, now, the best thing about them, they have, I would say, three distinct times of beauty. Right. So you've got the wonderful powder blue star-like flower early on in the season, coming in June, June, July flowering time. Mm -hmm. Wonderful um, feather. I'm talking about. The Amsonia I'm thinking about is Amsonia hubrichtii. So a very feathery foliage uh -huh. for once the flower's over, the foliage comes to the fore. Yeah. And it's like a wonderful... You can't help touching it. It's, oh. You want to run your fingers through it. <laughs> and it's feathery, it's moving, dark mm. green, lush. Mm. And then autumn time. All those wonderful, lush, feathery foliage turn bronze, gold yellows so yeah. you get the late again you get an even more wonderful time as well so the late color yeah so amsonia amsonia hubrichtii. i don't know that at all amsonia uh, isn't yeah shocking? there's lovely that. there's lots of them uh -huh. there's uh, salicifolia which has a leaf like a willow uh -huh. there's orientalis again another mm. longer flat has a much longer flowering time mm. but again fabulous 
fabulous plants. Okay. So I've given you those. You so have. I've given you those. So I think they're they're, they're my top ones oh, for now. Lovely. But no, that, when know. I'm in the garden, I see a million others. Yeah, of course, I think, of course. Yeah. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we'll come back some other time and have a look. You know, yeah, when the garden yeah, is. Yeah, come and have a look in the summer. It's up and uh, up and, and at then it. Then we can have a maybe a perambulating recording. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a bit, that's getting a bit too that's adventurous technical. for me. Heavens, yeah. <laughs> Moving around, are you? No, no. Okay, so just very. We must be yes. fairly brief because you've yeah. got other things to do. Like, well, I can't even begin to start yeah, counting. I'm, them. I'm working on my climate cube at the minute. Yes. Right. <laughs> I'm speechless. Briefly, let's talk about your plant hunting expeditions, your oh, travels, yes, yes. because that's one other aspect that I do know that is built into your calendar. We've really gone through the year, yes. but I know when the gardens close, is it around then that you tend to try and take off and yes, we do, do because, something uh, for yourselves? Yeah, we, first of all, because we need a break yeah. more than anything, but um, we've ha had some wonderful times in India, mm. and um, a friend of ours uh, has built a hospital uh, outside the city of Udapur. And so Paul and I got involved with that right. as a planting, well, expedition, but also planting design work as well because we designed the garden for that hospital. Right. So that was totally interesting because it was just different plants that we'd never obviously grown or worked with. Yes. So total learning yeah. exercise for us. And we were talking to... Um, doctors there who were also using medicinal plants so we had oh. to try and incorporate that within the design so the plant hunting became meeting people and discussing plants and far more than just uh, mm -hmm. looking for plants it was becoming a real project so yes. that was an amazing time how, how long when was that and how long did it take um, you that was quite early on uh, probably oh, it's time rushes by doesn't uh, yeah, it? you yeah, probably yeah. think it's like it's probably about five years right. ago we were doing that yeah um but also you know we love visiting other countries mm. and seeing the plants we've just come back from central america where we were traveling in five different countries we were traveling looking at all sorts of things nature animals birds wildlife plants mm -hmm. um so uh, yeah we tr try and escape go and find out about new plants get inspiration we've um created new tropical garden at our entrance where the ticket office is yeah it's so, very lush coming in there so yeah. that was another whole area where we wanted to try and find out more about plants and get some ideas where did where did that inspiration come from where had you well, visited we, that really oh, well, got great you going Dixter, on that one of course great dixter's tropical garden is an absolute joy yeah um but we also um got talking to um steve edney from the salutation garden over in um where is he salutation over in I can't remember where it is now. Um, not Rye. Out on the east. I can't remember where it is, sorry. Okay, no, don't worry. We'll, uh, um, you know, we can put that up later yeah, on. Yeah, uh, the Salutation uh, Garden. Yeah. Anyway, um, so he also was really helpful, gave us lots of plants hmm. and gave us lots of his expertise because he also has a tropical part in that garden. Right. So, yeah. And, but I wondered if it had been anywhere abroad that you'd seen and you thought, no, actually, we, we really we, love to bring some many, of this. Many of the plants you can't actually bring back here because the growing no. conditions are totally different. Yeah. So we have to find hardy tropical things. Yeah, the architectural so, Types stuff, architectural shapes yeah. wonderful leaf shapes wonderful exotic looking flowers yeah but also to get that lush tropical yeah uh feel so we're yeah we 
we're we're shamelessly looking at <laughs> everywhere we go. We're always looking out for new ideas yeah. and inspiration. And do you bring back? I mean, I, I, you know, on your plant license or whatever it is, are you, are you looking to discover new buy, things as yeah, well we can yourselves? All, we can buy seeds when we're there and mm. get permission to bring, bring them in. back. Mm. Um, but we're always looking for. It's it's not just necessarily the actual plants. It's just looking at combinations yes. and how to put ideas together. And that's what uh, we're using these trips for, to try and uh, right. find out new ideas yeah. and be open to new, open to new ideas yes. as well. Because I think um, what we've always said about this garden, it's not set in stone, it's not set in aspic, mm. it's an ever-changing garden. And we mm -hmm. want to be dynamic, we want to create, have new ideas and try, try out new things, our... Uh, uh, luck and fortune really is it's just Paul and I so we can decide what mm. we do we're not bound by any rules mm. in fact we've always wanted to break rules so, uh... <laughs> I rather thought that might be the case straight <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah we wanted to try we want to try and uh, find new ideas and find yeah. new ways yeah. and get new ideas I'm you know I will shamelessly f find things and we can always adapt them to our, our garden here. Yeah. So, yeah. so where have you been that you would sort of immediately, if I said to you, what's in, where have you been that's inspired you particularly, you know, that you've really sort of thought, God, you know, been set, set fire to, set is that fire, appropriate? Yeah. No. Uh, and brought brought it back. Where would you immediately sort of um, take you? Is well, it just the most recent thing you've been pr to probably, necessarily? Yeah. yeah, it's probably because that's always what sticks in your yeah, mind. We've just been to Costa Rica oh. as part of our travels yeah. and we love going there. Yeah, right. It's so such a wonderful country and they've made such a huge uh, choice to be eco-friendly, uh -huh. trying to promote looking after their wildlife and what, what they have, their fabulous uh, cloud forests and um, plant life. They're making a real effort and really becoming a real eco-tourism mm. uh, country. So I think that has been very inspirational to us mm. and uh, has been, yeah, it's been very good fun yeah. to travel there. Exciting, I think. yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you must need that too, you know, that inspiration. Again, I mean, I know you're full of it anyway, but yeah, no, it's good to... Needs, yeah. Everyone needs new ideas yeah. and be alive and uh, awake to possibilities, I think. Absolutely. So yeah. I've yeah. always tried to be that in my life, <laughs> if nothing else, and always, yeah. Uh, yeah, try and be open to new ideas, yes. I think. Great. Yeah. So that's so fantastic. You know what? There's about a million other things I could oh, be I know, asking you. I know. So, there's too but much the, now. Now the, I think of other Just things. one other thing yeah. then to come back to, which is something you referred to, is yeah. you're here now. I mean, everything's going forward. You talked about the future. Yeah. What, what do you see? I mean, what's happening? I know you've got developments going on now, this yeah. year, and into the future. What's what's what the what's see? going on? I don't, what's going on? <laughs> well, um, we've been really lucky that we've had the chance to work with an amazing architect to re design and uh, work on our Dutch barn which right. is going to be our new house so that's an amazing exciting thing for Paul and I oh, yeah. to work with a very talented and inspirational architect and that's taught us quite a few things uh -huh. about life and ourselves on the journey oh. that we have gone right. um, from the first lot of builders going bust to me lying on the floor crying in the mud. I think oh, I've gone through the whole goodness. gamut of the grand design. There's a documentary in the making <laughs> here, isn't there? there. <laughs> Fortunately, we weren't filmed, so um, I, I don't hope. have to be exposed on camera. Uh, <laughs> There's certainly a book in that, it, though, Pauline. That, that has certainly been a journey that we're still on. Yes. And... Uh, but there's the most exciting thing that we've got planning permission for, which is to build a viewing tower oh. next to the Dutch barn conversion. 
and that is will be a project that some that we've thought about for a long time because we have our garden and it's, as i said it's a very flat open space yes but there's actually a shape within that which we want to try and show to people right. and it's only by getting that elevated view right. that you can actually see how the whole garden works from from another view okay another view not not a helicopter then. not You're a helicopter not... <laughs> we're not doing a helicopter not yet no so the viewing tower was something that paul and i felt very strongly about doing mm. so we've got permission to do that it will be a corten steel cylinder which people can walk up uh, okay. and have two distinct views one halfway up and one on the top right. looking out over the garden and looking out to the landscape beyond actually because we've got fabulous views over to Chanctonbury Ring and to the South Downs yes but the idea of having that overview of our design and uh, seeing the plants from a different angle yeah is very exciting so yes. that's on the way we've got, has that started it hasn't started no, no. well we've got the permission which yeah. was the first hurdle oh, that we yeah. had to overcome yeah but um fundraising will be the next thing that we start to do right so that's in, very much in the near future i hope because it's an amazing thing that yeah. i want to get on with i'm always very keen to get on with my project oh, so, yes. uh, so what brought try what, to get that under our belt ha, next. had you been thinking about that for a long time something that would give you the height because yes. you have got mounds at the back of we the garden have. yes those two the at. two mounds do give a certain degree of elevation yeah but yes i've always had this idea in my mind to do some sort of viewing structure right uh it started off with the crazy idea of a glass helter skelter but I didn't have the wherewithal or the design um, skills to bring that to fruition. <laughs> Nor, I think, with the planners, I think would probably have a, a heart attack, heart attack yeah. breakdown if I <laughs> even mentioned that. But the Corten Steel Tower will resemble um, like a grain silo. Right. So it will fit nicely within this range of agricultural buildings. So I think that's how we managed to... Um, squeeze it past them. You, in fact, they occasion. think it is an, uh, yeah. they think it's a silo. I know. Right. But, Fantastic. Uh, yeah. So, what sort of height project. is that going to be? It's then? going to be at the roof height, up to the roof height. Oh, so, wow. it's going to be about six meters, I think. Yes. So, good, good size. Yeah. 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 We'll give a great overview. Very exciting. And, uh, yeah, I think that will be a whole, bring a whole new dimension to the garden. Oh. So, um, watch this space. Definitely, um, definitely. Watch this space out, and get um, that on on, yeah. the, on the way. Get your um, get your entrance tickets to the Prairie Garden. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, I could talk for. I'd like to know what you know. Other gardeners who inspire you, um, books you read, and so on. But that's perhaps for another that, that's, day. That's another I'd just one. really like to thank you so much for no, letting me come and talk pleasure. to you today. It's my been absolutely pleasure. fascinating. Yeah. And, um, yeah, wonderful garden here. So um, thank we'll put the word out. Come yeah. and visit. Yeah, thank you very uh, much. So, no, yeah. thank you. Thanks, no, Pauline. It's been a pleasure. Uh, but, you know, talking to you has made me think of all sorts of other ideas. So <laughs> it's probably not a good thing as far as Paul goes. But no. anyway, we, we won't uh, We'll make a note on the flip chart <laughs> and draw it gently to, do. to, to a close. <laughs> to do. Quietly. Still to do. <laughs> yes. You know, and I haven't even talked... I mean, our, of course, our dream would be to do a Chelsea garden. Chelsea Flasher Garden, but that is definitely on the back burner at the minute, but right. certainly on the horizon. Is so, it? Yeah. That now, that so, would be amazing, but wouldn't it? doing it in a very um, community-driven way, I, that's what I want to explore. Oh. But I've just got to get my ideas into... Um, <laughs> and a bit of line. time would be good, a bit Pauline. Of time. I, don't, a bit I mean, of are time. your weeks longer than everybody else's? <laughs> I think they must be. No. <laughs>
the oh. architect, I mentioned it to the architect. He said, don't even think about it at the minute. <laughs> the, so, the architects, well, you were crying in the mud. I know, that poor gonna, architect okay. is weeping <laughs> daily back in the office. I know. So he said, don't even think about oh. Chelsea at the minute. But, yeah. So, anyway, great. definitely something on the agenda. You, perfect. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah. Right, well, thank you. I don't know how no. we're going to drag ourselves away from your lovely know, warm nice, stove here, yeah. your lovely well, wood yeah. burner, and Vigo the dog. Yes. But it's been great. No, thank you. For more information about Pauline, Paul, the Sussex Prairie Garden, and all the incredible events, courses and activities which go on there, visit their website at sussexprairies.co.uk or on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter at Sussex Prairies. You can also follow me as I continue my monthly podcasting pursuits on Instagram at In The Weeds With Anne. Thank you very much for listening and see you next time, In The Weeds. <laughs>